0: Hello everybody and welcome back to another depressing episode of the Royal Strong and True Podcast. We are very excitedly depressed to be with you this week as we get to recap a BYU loss versus Notre Dame in Las Vegas. Now we get, do get to review a lot of week 6 college football stuff as well, so there will be a lot of fun things in this episode. There will be some scalding hot takes as always. Get ready for it, but first, as you get ready, make sure you're following us on Instagram and Twitter at loyal 2 pod. Make sure you have this episode downloaded, get ready to share it with your friends, click the share link, get ready, leave a review. We love you guys and we're so happy that we've created this community and we will keep going and keep fighting with these cougars, even though they might not be fighting too. <laughs> well, we're four and two. Yes. Hey. This was a depressing intro. We actually love the cougars. We know you do too. So let's get to it. Let's boo. Go Tigers. But that field judge mm. on the far side
1: is in their pocket, man. Go
0: review that
2: strike! Let's back this bullet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let's, go, yes. Let's go, wild Let's man. Let's go, baby.
3: Let's go. the ball. <laughs> We're at a waterfall, dude. Ooh. Ooh. He fucked his butt down here. Look at him. Go, 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 go,
0: go,
1: go, 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 Alrighty, listeners, and welcome back to the best podcast.
0: It, 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 it yeah. The best podcast of the not-so-best team. That's true, <laughs> very true. Let's start
1: things off um, with something you that you are all familiar with. Mm, I, I wonder what it could be. But this time, yes. it's the Holy Sabbath version. Oh my! Oh, of housekeeping, which means no household cleaning items allowed. Oh! But oh! We're still gonna keep the house spiritually and emotionally and mentally today. Okay. Okay. So what do we need? First off, we've got to get some things out of the way. Might call it housekeeping, Um, (laughs) but it's proper football. Proper, proper proper. Proper football in which Real Salt Lake won their do-or-die game against Portland, last year's Western Conference finalists, and they're now in the MLS playoffs. Let's go! They did just enough. They made it. (laughs) They kept it interesting. Real Salt Lake, baby. Yep. They play Austin on Sunday. See how it goes.
4: I guess, I guess we shall see. Yep. Uh, also in proper football, mm-hmm. on, what was it, Friday. Uh, yes. Friddy, the women's national team, lost 2-1 to England. Oh, yes. Uh, I would say the score was good. Stats were good. I, mm-hmm. I expected us to lose by more than one. Uh, but okay. we still lack some real attacking threats, I might say.
1: Okay. England are the best team in the world, it seems like. We're not I, yet. I, which, quite worries him Or anymore. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Just not yet, Daniel. I okay. like yet better than
4: anymore on that one. Thank you. We have not reached our potential. That yes. is for dang sure.
0: Yet.
1: There were some questionable calls as well. Mm. But, yes. Tom Brady wrote in the past. Exactly. That type of call. <laughs> uh, next up, we've got some pro kooks. Let's go, baby. So BYU alumnuses. 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 What did we have going on on Sunday? Uh, it was quite a day for
4: alumnuses of the Brigham Young Cougars. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zach Wilson. On your new favorite NFL team, right? Yeah, Jesse? is that Te- still going?
0: Technically. <laughs> <laughs> if
4: I were a fan of the NFL, it, I would be a Jets fan. As decided here on the Royal Strategy podcast, very mathematically. Yes, it was undeniable. It was, yes. Anyway, uh, Zach went 14-21 for 210 yards, one rushing touchdown, no t- no passing TDs, no interceptions. I say that's a win for Zach. If you don't throw an interception, you score a touchdown, and
0: you win, I think, I think that's a dub. Yeah? You know what else is a dub? A 40-17 dub, which the Jets got over divisional rival Miami. So, big dub. Not bad. The I, New York Jets, I kid you not... Five games into the season, have a winning record. They are 3-2. and 2-0 two. Two and o with Mr. Mr. Zachary uh, what's Milf Hunter Wilson. Ah, nice. Yes. Throwing bombs and banging moms. Hey. <laughs> okay, moving on. Taysom had a freaking
4: Taysom day. He, he had did. himself a day. Uh, it was as if he was playing Texas once again. Oh, he, maybe. he had 112 rushing yards, three rushing touchdowns, a touchdown pass, a fumble recovery on special teams, as well as 69 kick return yards. Nice. What can he not do?
1: Swiss Army knife.
0: He was literally all over the field. You know, like those like memes of like, you know, like where the quarterback throws the ball to himself and that's the entire team. That was literally Taysom Hill all day long. Except he didn't throw the ball. He just looked at the Seattle defense and was like, hey, I'm about to run a quarterback draw. <laughs> and they were like, mm, no, you're not. You're probably going to throw the ball. there's no, really, I'm going to run it. And Seattle, de- no, 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 no. Yeah, We'll defend the pass. And then guess what Taysom did? He run a quarterback draw, and he ran it right down the throats for a touchdown. So, Yeah. Good for Taysom. This is good for good Taysom. Week.
1: Great for Taysom. Those are probably the highlights of the former Cougars, but a few other notes. Jamal Williams. Had the most carries again for the Lions, but he did not have any rushing touchdowns as his team did not score a single point. Oof. That would do it.
0: Oof. (laughs) That's not it. That's not it. Uh, Fred Warner, you might remember good old Freddy. (laughs) Pro Bowl linebacker. Was the leading tackler for the Niners once again. Not really newsworthy. That's just to be expected. (laughs) Yep. Yep. That is expected of Mr. Warner these days.
1: Finally, Dax Mill. For my favorite team, the Washington Commanders. How are they doing, by the way? Horrible. (laughs) Probably the worst team in the league. But Dax Milne returned two kickoffs and five punts, and he seems to be pretty solidly their return man.
4: I mean, good for him. He's finding his spot. Yeah. You know, hopefully once they get Carson Wentz out the door, he can start catching some passes. Hopefully. I
0: mean, the Commanders did beat the Jaguars, so. That's true. It was a long time ago. The Jaguars. <laughs> the Jaguars also did not score a touchdown versus the Texans. So. Yes. I'm not going to talk about my team anymore. Let's move on to something else. Let's stop talking about that fake football league and talk about real football. Ooh. Semi-real football as we were going to talk about <laughs> BYU football. As you know, next week, this Saturday, they are playing Arkansas. Mm. The University of Arkansas SEC team just means more. The line opened up at BYU minus 2.5. We were favored to win that game. Okay. Okay. We're at home. Was announced, yeah, we're at home. It is a 1.30 They don't know about that. Yep. Afternoon but again. then it was announced that KJ Jefferson might start this game. Hmm. The line is now at Arkansas, minus one and a half. It's moved three full points in the other direction. Hmm. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Um. <laughs> remember when we thought this would be like a top
1: 15 matchup? Yep. <laughs> well, now it's an unranked matchup. <laughs> yep. That's how I feel about this game. I don't really care about the spread. It's kind of disappointing, but let's just go win it. That's my only thought. <laughs> <laughs> at this point, the
4: expectations for BoU football are just win the next game, right? Win yeah. the next game. That's all we can ask for. That's a lot to ask at some points. Anyway, we'll talk about more about yeah. the Arkansas game uh, a little bit later. But uh, now let's recap our picks from last no, week. No, thank you.
3: We're, we're going to skip that. <laughs>
4: I'll um, uh, It was uh, a rough week for one of us. Uh, yeah. it was an okay week for two of us and then I had a decent week. Yeah, uh quite a good week. I, I went eight and two on the week. Um frickin' Maryland let me down. Yeah. Uh I the Jerseys got me on that one. As well as in the BYU game, I think the Jerseys got us all. Uh they hid a lot of sins that were hiding beneath the surface. I like that. But uh, I can't I can't be mad. I'm now in third place. Uh, Ooh, so okay.
1: Switch up. How did you guys do? Uh, I went seven and three, right
0: behind you, still in first place. Still got a four-game lead. I think you're pretty safe, Dad. Yeah, for now. For now. Speaking of four games, uh, I went four and six. <laughs> um, yeah, honestly, I'm uh, like I said last week. Uh, this is a rebuilding year for me. Okay. Last year I won, but I had some salary cap issues. Mm, you know, you I had show. some like scholarship available issues. So this is a year where I'm cutting down the roster and I'm rebuilding it so that when I come back next year for next season, I will run away with this thing. Justin's playing the long game know. here. Yes. He's making future Justin happy. Very very wise, awesome. very He's tanking wise. for Victor Wenbanyama right now. <laughs> I, I am tanking right now so that I can have a, what is it, 10 picks, 13 weeks, like a 130 know, year next year. Ooh-wee. I mean, that would be awesome. If that happens – I will purchase every single person that listened to this episode, this episode specifically, a Porsche. Oh. Dang, okay. Okay.
4: <laughs> uh, we might have to do some finagling of the numbers to make this happen. Finagling. <laughs> <laughs> um, should we get on to the elephant in the room?
1: No, thanks. Unfortunately, <laughs> let's get this over with.
4: Let, let's just get it over with. That's a good way down. Uh, BYU went to Vegas mm-hmm. to play the Notre Dame. Feeding Irish and lost 28 to 20.
0: It wasn't even that close, I feel like. I agree. (laughs) It was just a bad game. It was a weird close game, because like it didn't feel close, but then it was close, but then it wasn't, but then it was again, and then it it was. I'm I'm gonna say one thing. Go for it. right. As soon as Jaron Hall threw that first pass, before it was
4: even picked off, I said to myself, I know exactly how this game is going. (laughs) Me and my brother and my dad and my uncle and my cousin um, and my wife, we all went to the game, and we were telling ourselves before the game, listen, this is BYU. We start slow this year. We need to set our expectations low. So we decided that we are going to expect a three and out on the first possession. Okay. Sharon Hall throws a duck. It gets picked. And Jacob screams at the top of his lungs, I was expecting a 3-0, the lowest expectations I have ever had, and they still disappointed me. <laughs> this is unbelievable. And that's that's how I felt. I came into wow. this game with rock bottom expectations, and they still disappointed me. It was, it was a bad one, just from the get-go.
0: Yeah, I was also in attendance at the game, me, my wife, my dad, and my mom, and uh, yeah, we kind of had a similar experience where my, my dad and I said, just don't get a three-and-out this drive. <laughs> and you know what? BYU, I guess in some ways, exceeded our expectations because we did not get a three-and-out. No. We had a one-and-out. A one-and-out. Which yeah. is absolutely insane. That Literally <laughs> everybody in that stadium, it seemed everybody in that stadium knew that ball was going back shoulder except for Gunnar Romney. And, and I that throw... Was
4: horrible. It was in the air. It was the worst throw I have ever seen Jaren Hall make, and
0: that's saying something. That corner literally sat on the back shoulder for the entirety of the route, because we've called the same first play (laughs) in like every game this year a back shoulder throw to Puka or Gunner or whoever else, whoever is not hurt that game to Chase Roberts. The corner was ridiculous. playing
4: 10 yards off, was looking in the backfield the whole time, didn't even look at Gunner. No. Gunner was eight yards past him yep. when the ball got there. Yep. And the ball was like 15 yards short, and the TB was like, wait, is this for real?
0: <laughs> yeah. Am I really it's returning a punt? It got didn't even make contact with him. That's how far away he was. It was disgusting. Oh my goodness, gracious. Yeah. Uh, how do you feel? Wow. Well, <laughs>
1: so I was watching loyally from my couch. Bad start, okay? I, yeah. But we held them to a three, to a field goal. Yeah, true, true. And then it was like, all right, <laughs> could have been worse. Honestly, yeah. that's yeah. a dub. Let's go make it back. Did things get any better? No. They did not. Shorthand <laughs> silence. Today. We did score a touchdown. Eventually. Uh, missed the extra point.
4: <laughs> <laughs> after After, for like the third time that drive. We
0: had to either take a penalty or call a timeout because we didn't have yeah, the right personnel on the field. We could not complete a We only sum. had 10 guys on the field like 30 times. <laughs> I get mean, not 30 times, but at least 3 times. At least 3, three times. times and I felt like it was all that drive as well. Yeah. We got
1: that touchdown. Notre Dame answered with a long sustained bend-not-break drive. Um, and then they we had a three and out again, of course. They had another long <laughs> 10-play, 68-yard, 6-minute drive, but they turned the ball over, and we got the ball. It was huge momentum swing. We, we stopped We stopped them at the goal line. We had the ball at the 4. The very next play, safety.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I can't safety. believe
1: it. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Horrible. Plan. That was so bad. Okay, so your,
4: your own, what was it, 5-yard line? Your
3: own 4. Yeah, yeah the 4-yard
4: four four. line. <clears throat> I look to my father and in this moment and say, run the ball three times and punt. Run the ball three <laughs> times and punt. Again, setting expectations, rock bottom. Yep. So what does A-Rod do? He calls a long-developing play-action pass. Goodness gracious. And Jaron Hall holds onto the ball for like five seconds too long. I, I, I blame, I, I don't even know what to say about that. It was
0: hilarious. That was another moment where I was like, we're fadoodled. Guys, I really have to apologize for that one too because when we got that ball, I literally sent a text in the group chat that said, oh, I right. don't want to say the word, but what's the chance we give up an opposite of a dangerous? <laughs> and immediately, not even like not even a full minute after I sent that text, I said, guys, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I jinxed us. I am the reason that we got the safety and also because BYU's offensive line could not prevent itself from getting shoved into Jaron Hall's face and Jaron Hall apparently does not have to throw a ball away. But before we get into more negative, more negativity, okay. can I include just one positive stat? Yes, mm. sir. One positive stat. Okay, please. After the Keanu Hill touchdown reception, uh, Cody sorry, Epps? No, it's not Keanu, Hill. Cody Epps. After the Cody Epps touchdown receptions, we at that point in the game had sixty-nine rushing yards mm. and sixty-nine passing yards. That was uh, after the big long... Oh, was that after the big long? It was the big
4: long Cody Epps one, right? Because yes, I, I first the, thought of the other one, but it was no, second. It was
0: after the big long Cody Epps touchdown. Yes, because yes, we had 11 we only passing had yards. 11 passing yards. Yep. yep. That's At, right. Like, that's right. Which was absolutely insane. Horrible. After the second half big long Cody Epps touchdown, we had 69 passing yards, 69 running yards. Nice. Nice. <laughs> now, that's the only positive thing I'm going to say. <laughs> let's, let's talk about some other things. We talked about Jaron Hall's struggles early. With that, you know, blatant terrible interception. Almost threw a couple more because there were miscommunications. It It seemed like that was the theme of the game: miscommunications and the undisciplinedness. Exactly, we didn't have a ton of penalties. But we did have to waste two timeouts in the and not even halfway through the first quarter no. because we only had ten people on the field. It was like our first drive. A Rod was doing the patented "Let's get the play call in" with five seconds left on the play clock, Ugh. and then we're gonna call an audible on the on the field too. It was just an absolutely disorganized mess. And Kalani, for like two, three weeks now, has said these are things we have to clean up. We cannot. We're we're halfway through the season. There's no way we should be making these mistakes now. Yet they keep doing. It. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Jaren Hall looked kind of rattled. I don't really know why, but he just was not himself in this game. Uh, maybe he was up late. His baby was crying or something. I could be. Yeah, it Could be anything with these mature, return missionary, <laughs> twenty-six-year-old player, 26-year-olds, 26 you know. <laughs> Apparently, he had a shoulder and a knee. That's true. We did hear about his shoulder before the game. He took a shot of some kind. <laughs> Hopefully not <laughs> that kind of shot. Took a morphine <laughs> shot. He'd get himself through the game. Oh, uh, I was thinking whiskey shots. Oh. <laughs> a drinking shots. Oh, fireball. Yeah, Jaron Hall struggled the whole game, and it really showed.
4: Yeah. Uh, he, he went, just for a little context here, 9 of 17 for 120. Two touchdowns and a pick. 9 of 17. I, <laughs> that's the lowest completion rate in his entire career. His lowest completed game where he didn't get injured, mm-hmm. right? His lowest yards passing total. 120 yards. <laughs> and, and like Dan said, he looked rattled the entire game. I, I think Notre Dame saw in the Utah State game, all you have to do is bring one extra guy, and Jaren yeah. Hall's efficiency numbers go from, like, very high to undiscriminably low. And he looked very, very poor in this game. Um what do we think about Jaron Hall at this point? Because the two times that he's been able to play on national television at a watchable window, um, he has absolutely pooped the bed. The Oregon game wasn't quite as bad as this one, yeah. but this one was very bad. I, I, What are we thinking about Jaron Hall at this point in the season?
1: I think it's a discussion we need to have. Hmm. This was definitely his worst game of the season. Of his career, I would say. Probably, yeah, the worst game of the last couple years. Um, this is not exactly Jaren Hall related I mean it's not about Jaren Hall but it relates to Jaren Hall I think BYU is very easy to scheme against mm. <laughs> I think that's kind of showing when we play teams with competent coaches it's pretty easy for them to mess things up for us for us to get behind early and have to claw back with Jaren Hall heroics which in this game very much did not happen yes so There are times when he's bailed us out and been really good and been the only reason we win games. But this game was not one of those games, and it kind of showed who we really are, I feel like, which is a much worse team than
0: I had been thinking. Harsh words from Dan, but... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, the reality of the situation is Jaren Hall didn't play bad. He played bad according to his own standards and the standards that we have for him. 9 of 17 for 120 is kind of bad. I mean, it's it's kind of bad, but I mean, that's still about 12 yards per completion, two touchdowns, one interception, isn't awful, given the fact that he's throwing with a hurt shoulder and a hurt knee, and he doesn't have that full rotation, and you saw that on that first deep ball. That ball did not have as much zip on it as it normally does. He did not have that full arm strength to get the ball there. He did have players in his face the entire game, and I'm not going to make any excuses for him because he did have some miscommunications with receivers. Who knows if that's him, it's the receiver, it's the People's calling in the signals. Who knows what it is. But yeah, Jaron Hall, I still think he's a great quarterback. And I think you texted this in the group chat, Jared, so I'll let you explain it and take real credit for it. What, that my P-stream was stronger than Jaron Hall's no. throwing arm? <laughs> but that Jaron Hall that was a good one. is the NCAA version of Kirk Cousins. <laughs> um, I just said that more
4: as a joke because... Anytime he's in primetime television, he lays an egg. <laughs> yeah. uh, but to be honest, that's all I know about Kirk Cousins, so I can't make any further comparisons. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> um, my my thing on Jaron Hall, I don't know. I and and I'm being honest in this one. I would love for him to be great and succeed and go to the NFL this year. Is it in his best interest to go to the NFL this year? Because this year's quarterback class is going to be very, very deep. And given Jaron Hall's performances on big stages, I don't know if they've been enough to put him into the top tier, top round or two of quarterbacks. Now, he's a great quarterback. I think he has the, the tools. But on those big stages where people are pressuring him, he's shown a lot of uh, deficiencies in places that NFL scouts are, are really looking, how well do you perform under pressure? How well do you perform on a, on a big stage? That being said, I don't know if it would do him a lot of good to come back another year given his injury history. Mm. But on that note as well, our NFL team's already turned off because of his injury history because he can't even play four games without getting injured in some way. I don't know. I think it's a conversation that maybe doesn't
0: need to be fully addressed right now, but at least needs to be had. I do have a take on this actually. Um, Jaron Hall, us as couch scouts, we keep saying these things about him, yet he still ends up on these high draft boards. So apparently, some uh, you know people out there really like his in really like the way he throws the ball, really like his intangibles too as a leader. He's shown himself to be. He's a great, great leader. leader. He's a leader. He is 24 years old. So <laughs> staying another year, that means he's not going to the NFL draft until he's 25 or 26. I don't think that nice. I think he's got to go this year. Another thing I will say is, Jaron, go now. Go in the fourth, fifth round of the draft where you're going to get drafted by a team that actually wins football games. <laughs> yeah. Why would you want to – like, I get it. Sure. sure, you get a pay raise going number one. Like, you get all the money, whatever. Go to a team that wins. Why not? Why not? At this point, I think it may be out of his hands. <laughs> um, I, I just – I hope he
4: explodes in the Arkansas game because he needs this. He has not shown this year his full potential I think that there is a lot left on the table for Jaron Hall, um, especially on big stages against real teams that aren't named Wyoming or Utah State. There are um, still
0: six games left in the season, right? And I I think the Arkansas game is his last true stage, big stage. You get two chances: you get Arkansas and then at Stanford, which at- I think people will be people will have eyes on.
4: I I would hope so. Um, Something else about the passing game. Cody Epps has emerged as the wide receiver one. In the uh, Notre Dame game, we had both Gunnar Romney and Puka Nakua back, uh, even to start the game the first time all season. And Epps was the leading target man and the leading completion man. He had four completions on six targets, whereas the next highest person had one reception. Yep. Yep. So, <laughs> um on the season, he now leads also in targets and receptions. So what do you guys think about Cody Epps?
0: I love Cody Epps, man. He's a baller. Played with uh, played with Bryce Young at Mater Dei High School in Santa Ana, California. Was his
4: number one target there.
0: Cody Epps is an absolute beast. He's got some speed, and he knows how to run that football. And that long touchdown pass, there was no way he was getting into the end zone, but he made a beautiful cut. Yeah. He makes those beautiful cuts, getting yards after catch every single game. Cody Epps, I love him. He's a great receiver. My favorite thing about Cody Epps He's a freshman. Ah, yeah. <laughs> That's your
1: we'll have him for a while.
4: I love that. Good, good insight, Daniel. Yes. <laughs> at least another year. Um, let's move on to the defense a little bit. Uh, our linebackers, um, and just our defense as a whole. I, you know what? I have a couple things. One, Max Thule cannot play zone coverage. There were multiple times where he, was awful. he he, he looked rough. like a chicken with his head cut off. Our zone he was, was awful. Um, He still is a hard hitter And a decent tackler He's a great yeah. middle linebacker But in yep. zone coverage Great against the run He's not as his forte Yes, great against the run But not in zone coverage um, Also If you ask my little brother His favorite thing About our defense <laughs> And I say that sarcastically Because it's not <laughs> his favorite if you give any quarterback in the entire world yep, that's the point 15 going. seconds to throw the ball, yep. it doesn't matter how many people you have in coverage, you're going to find somebody. And that was literally their entire strategy with their tight end. He had maybe two or three catches that were great catches and great throws. But of his 11 receptions, 11 eight receptions. of eight or nine of them and a hundred yards worth are just the quarterback
0: sitting back there for eight seconds and then finding the tight end somewhere. Yep. I just... Yeah. Any competent quarterback will be able to complete that many passes against our zone. Right? I, because, because it doesn't it, work. Yeah, <laughs> <doesn't laughs> when you rush work. Re- and guess what? That interception we created, you know what happened? It tipped the lines of scrimmage. We were in a four-man <laughs> front and brought pressure up the middle, caused havoc, put a hand up. We blitzed and forced a turnover. What are the odds? <laughs> Imagine that. Uh, it also
4: sucked because the one time I saw us go into man... Uh, Jacob Robinson didn't look
0: back for the ball and got absolutely mossed. Oh Dude. yeah. <laughs> I feel bad for him. Like that, that he's gonna be on that kid's highlight tape until the end of time.
4: Poor <laughs> Jacob Robinson, he's probably our best pass defender besides Caleb Hayes, and he's on two posters now. The he, Oregon he was one there and
0: the Notre Dame one. He was there on the <laughs> he was plastered on him, but he just unfortunately never got his head around. If he gets his head around, maybe he even gets an offensive PI call. Right. That's but what I was saying. He just never did. Yep. Yeah. Unfortunately. And then after that moment, you're like, there goes the man.
4: Tuiaki's never calling man again because we got beat once. Exactly. <laughs> I have a
0: positive thing. Okay. What? Really quickly. Really quickly. <laughs> Though we didn't amass a ton of yards because we never had the ball. Mm-hmm. Our run, we'll get to that later. <laughs> our announce. run game actually looked competent for the first half. True. We, I kid you not, ran counters. Oh shoot! Like A Rod actually like took some notes and was like, "Hey, we don't have to just run zone to the short side of the field every single time we run the ball. <laughs> We're allowed to use misdirection. It's not illegal anymore, like it was in 1922 or something like that. Bullcrap. <laughs> Who knows? Shout out to A Rod for finally calling a freaking counter. Now let's see if you can do something else with that dumb big head of yours. It was it worked when we pulled guards. It it worked. Yeah. We pulled tackles and guards. We
4: ran misdirection. We ran counters. We ran power. A run and it and it worked. We drove down the field on major on mayormente. I don't know what the word for that. On mainly runs yeah. when we scored that first touchdown to Cody Epps. That was a running drive uh-huh. in the first half. We had like 68 rush yards and 11 pass yards. Yeah, that is un, uncanny. Un like I've never seen that before. Um, but it happened and it's because we figured out how to run the ball. Unfortunately. We did not run enough plays. No. Nope.
0: Nope. Uh, <laughs> nope, we let not.
4: Uh, let's, in the first half alone, it was 41 plays to 21. Time of possession in the first half, out of 30 minutes, Notre Dame had the ball for 21 minutes and 32 seconds, leaving BYU only 8.5 minutes of possession. Yep. Oof. Uh, do you guys want a nugget? Sure. Let's, yeah. let's have it. Let's tug some nugs. BYU is 128th out of 131. In first half, time of possession share percentage. We, on average, have the ball 40.44% of the time in the first half. 128th. That's including Nevada, Colorado State, UNLV, (laughs) Middle Tennessee State.
3: (laughs) like Utah State.
4: Utah State. (laughs) This, This is a bad, bad first half BYU offense. And I... Yeah, I don't know about you guys. I think it comes down to play calling.
1: Yeah, like absolutely
4: I absolutely does. I, yeah, we can't be going three and out. It this is not a players' problem. Like, right? I don't know. I feel like if if it were the players, we would see something. It, I I don't know. I just I think it's too bad to be just the players because we have better players than that. It's
0: got to be something schematic. Am I wrong? Think about the first play in the last few games. Okay, I don't remember Wyoming, so we're gonna skip over that one. <laughs> I honestly don't, I just don't remember what it was. But Notre Dame, first play of the game, we get Gunner one-on-one on the sideline, and we try to chug it deep. Right? Might that have worked. worked.
4: Might have worked.
0: Utah State, first thing we do, Gunner one-on-one on the sideline, we try to chug it deep. Wyoming, I honestly don't remember what happened. Oregon, first play, one-on-one on the sideline, and we chucked it deep to, I forgot, Chase Roberts. Chase Roberts. We run the exact same series every first drive versus every single team we play. We do not switch it up. We do the exact same thing. Sure, it's there's something to be said for creating one-on-one opportunities to get your best offense or offensive player open and get them the ball, get them involved early. Sure, there's something to be said for that. But calling the same play three to four games straight is just absolutely ridiculous, and it does not confuse defenses. Then you get teams like that can actually coach like Notre Dame, just sitting right on top of it for an interception, first play of the game. Ridiculous.
1: Yeah. Um, our play calling, I feel like, was very bad. And it's something we've been worrying about for a while, I feel like. Yes. At least I have. Um, we just cannot get any momentum on our offensive drives. It's no. just three and out, four and out, whatever. We just try to air the ball out every single play, go big, and we end up punting the ball most of the time. And it's really hard on our defense as well, which you could tell they were kind of getting worn down, especially by that big tight end. It just makes it really hard to win games if you cannot sustain an offensive drive with the run game.
4: I 100% agree. And it's, it was so weird because we still only had 8:28, uh, eight, 8 minutes and 28 seconds. Of time, right? <laughs> and guess what? On our touchdown drive, almost half of that came on that one touchdown drive where we ran the ball. Yeah. Like all of our other ones were like one minute, one and a half minute, seven seconds, one minute. <laughs> like
1: seven seconds. That that was the safety. <laughs> nice try. That was the interception. Nine seconds. <laughs>
4: So, and that I feel like that's being a little generous.
2: (laughs) Yeah, no, that might include the time that the Notre Dame guy intercepted
4: and was running. Yes, but like, like this is—we had a sustained drive. We ran the ball several times. That's a three and a half minute drive. Like that's fine, but you can't have four. What was it? One, two, three, four, five possessions of under a minute and a half. Like I.
0: <laughs> you can't do that win a game. That's what pisses me off the most is that, you know, like coming into the year, we were like, oh, our offense is a unit. We're really worried about our defense. <laughs> but our offense has not given our defense any help whatsoever. Yep. In this Notre Dame game, the defense got stop after stop after stop. Sure, like Notre Dame had 500 yards of offense, sure. But they only allowed 28 points. 28 points in this day and age is enough to win a football game. Yep. Notre Dame, or sorry, BYU's defense. Got an interception late when we were only down five that would have given us the chance to win if Puka Nakua doesn't drop a ball. He was held, but he did drop that football. There's still no excuse for dropping that. No excuse if you're Puka Nakua. They did stop them on a two-point conversion. They got a fourth down stop at the goal line. Just for BYU to turn around their offense and give it right back to Notre Dame on a safety. They got timely stop after timely stop after timely stop. Including that first drive when they only allow a field goal after an interception occurred that already had them in plus field territory. Our offense absolutely sold out. Screwed over our defense. I am very impressed by how our defense played this game given how long they had to be on the field. Given how little help they had from our offense. Given how actually you know decent Notre Dame of an offensive unit they have, yeah, our our defense played well. Our offense just sucks. Can I just
1: add? Yes, add on our one touchdown in the first half. <laughs> Notre Dame punted the ball and Hobbs Nyberg returned it for forty-two yards. Yeah, <laughs> <That's like laughs> yeah half yeah. of our offense in the first half. That was half. literally yeah was one
0: th- punt return by Hobbs Nyberg. Shout out to Nyberg. That was a that was a great punt return. Nyberg yeah. is actually a very good returner. He's Nyberg is He's a good sneaky. returner. Uh,
1: Besides that Piper <laughs> turn, I don't know if we would have scored that whole half. We almost <laughs> did touchdown. The, the touchdown
4: was 26 yards, that drive.
1: He made it so easy on the <laughs>
4: offense. And we still got down the fourth and goal. Hey, I'm glad we got a touchdown because you know
0: we weren't making a field goal at that point. Oh. Oh. We didn't make the extra point. We had 10 men on the field. Got a delay <laughs> game penalty because we couldn't use our third timeout because we had already used two <sighs> at that point. And then, oh, my goodness. Um, so let's do some math here.
1: Can we do some math? Quick math.
4: Okay. So BYU lost by eight. Eight. Correct. Mm. Now, we say our defense gave up twenty-eight points. Mm. Let's 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 readjust. Let's adjust because I love doing this. Okay. It's like completely pointless stat adjustment. Adjustment. Yep. Okay. Yep. BYU throws a pick on the very first drive. Okay. Gives Notre Dame the ball on the thirty-six yard line. Okay. Already in field goal range. They yep. kick field goal. That's three points. Uh huh. So. Let's, not, let's take those three points away. Yeah, not okay. the defense's fault. No, not exactly, Dan. So that's 25-25 points, right? We go down the field. We miss an extra point. That's one point. Mm-hmm. So now we're only losing by four. We give up a safety. That's two points. Mm-hmm. Okay. Notre Dame, on the ensuing possession, scores seven points. Off of the punt that we, we punt to them, and they drove 79 yards For a touchdown. A nine-point touchdown, essentially, given up by our offensive play calling. A long-developing play-action pass from our own four-yard line. Yep. Rough. So now we're winning by three. Okay. If you take a three-point lead... Oh, and that's all in the first half, by the way. Yep. If you take a three-point lead into halftime, and that's assuming we just punt on our safety possession. If you take a three-point lead into halftime... I think this is a very different ball game because now BYU doesn't have to play from behind and we know that is like the worst thing to ever happen to a BYU football team right now is to have to play from behind. I don't know. I The first half, the defense did a very good job with what they were given. Yeah. I think the defense played terribly overall. At least the scheme was terrible. Yeah. Right. It was, our, our it was players, very
0: frustrating.
1: Yes, it was extremely frustrating. It could have been a lot easier for them.
0: Yes. Honestly, this is probably how Tuiaki counts from 80 to 90. 80, 81, 82, 83, 84, 85, 86, 88, 89,
3: 90. Skipped over 87. Skipped over 87 the whole dang first half. <laughs> Woo. Nice one. It, uh, it, Okay. Like,
4: we've been talking about this for a long time, but I just want to get one more thing in before we kind of go to, like, the bigger picture. um, Scouting. Does BYU scout on offense or defense? <laughs> Do we scout at all? <laughs> That's a great question. <laughs>
0: I, I don't know. I'm, I don't this know, is a legitimate mean, question. It doesn't matter whether we scout or not, because you know what the coaches are gonna say. They threw some things at us that we weren't expecting. <laughs> <laughs> uh
4: their touchdown drive. Pass to Michael Meyer. Run. Run, run. for like in, in like inconsequential yardage. Pass to Michael Meyer for a first down. Uh run run. Pass to Michael Meyer for a first down. Run run. Pass to Michael Meyer for a first down. Goodness. Run. Pass to Michael Meyer for a touchdown. <laughs>
3: uh-huh. I don't
4: understand. <laughs> <laughs> He's an All American.
1: He's a top guy. 10 draft pick. <laughs> <laughs> Every third down, they just go to Michael Meyer, automatic first down. That is oh, the. It's funny like when you're playing like football, it's just like
4: run, run, cheap pass
1: play. Run, run, cheap pass But Like,
0: it was unbelievable. And it didn't stop, too. Like, the entire game, he had 11 receptions for 118 yards, two touchdowns. And we let them. He now has the record for most receptions by a tight end in Notre Dame history. True. I. At w- and when they announced that, I was like, okay, thank you.
4: Tuiaki, you're way too nice, but at least you were just letting him get the record, and now we're done. Nope. nope. <laughs> um, do you guys have any more thoughts on the game specifically before we move to a little bit of season overview now after this game?
1: No. Nothing
4: about
0: the game specifically. I do have a season overview question for you, though, guys. Uh, let's, let's just jump right into it. At this point, six games into the year. Mm-hmm. Would you have burned me at the stake if at the beginning of the season, I told you that six games in, our total defense would be ranked higher than our total offense? I would have slapped you. Yeah. Because that's exactly what's happened. Six games into the season, our total offense is 59. Literally bottom half. And our total defense is 58. One place (laughs) higher, also bottom half. Nice. So... So we're 59 and 58.
4: So we are effectively middle of the pack.
0: That the is bottom middle of the
4: pack. Yeah. In all of FBS. In all of FBS 59 and 58. Yep. There's, that's so we're like the Purdue's. Not even that. Not even that. Purdue's no. way but we're, we're like, like what, Iowa
2: State.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're like we're like Iowa State. I don't know.
0: I <laughs> Who do we? Who UNC maybe? Maybe U- they have UNC? a better offense They're than we They probably do. better than us. Than we're like what Syracuse would be in years
4: past. Okay. okay. But Syracuse Just like a, a, a bottom tier P5 team, but an upper level G5 team. Yeah. Honestly, I think we're kind of right where the media. We're West we're... Virginia. Okay. That's it. Okay. Right. okay. That's fair. I think we are what the media has been portraying us for the last five years, 10 years a, an upper level G5 team and a lower level P5 team. We have screamed and kicked and fought and said it's not true. This year it is absolutely true. Yep. For the first time in years, BYU has won every game—season's not over—but we have won every game we're favored in, and we've lost the games we are not favored in. That is not BYU-esque. We do not follow the rules. We lose the teams we're supposed to beat, and we beat teams we're supposed to lose to. But this year, it's the opposite.
1: Ridiculous. So, halfway through the season, what are your guys' adjusted expectations for the rest of the season— you know, Record-wise, what's your your outlook of this team? How would you define it? How would you judge it? What do you guys think about this team halfway through? Justin is putting on the blue goggles,
0: I believe. All right, I all am right. putting on the blue goggles. <laughs> yeah. Just for a second, just because at the beginning of the season, I said that we would go, I think I changed it to 11-1, and one, <laughs> but my initial thought was 10-2 and two with a loss to either Notre Dame and Arkansas or Oregon. Okay, I said that we were going to lose two of those three games. Yeah, that is still on the table. We have Arkansas, Liberty, ECU, Boise State, Utah Tech, and Stanford left. We could theoretically run the table, but with the way that our offense is playing right now, honestly, I do not think that is possible. I think we probably have a couple losses left on the schedule. I think at best this is a nine and three team 4, probably around eight and four.
4: Okay.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm thinking nine and three probably.
4: Yeah, I'm a little optimistic. I We've like it. We've
1: gotten probably the worst part of our schedule out of the way. Although, Notre Dame was not nearly as bad as we <laughs> expected it to be before the season. They're looking better, but they're still not you know, a top 10 team by any means. Not even top 25 not, currently. And we still lost to them. Um, but yeah, I think we'll probably take one more L. To Just Arkansas or... Just something, mm, just I don't even know if it'll be Arkansas. I think we can beat Arkansas, but I don't think we can go six and oh in any stretch of six games. So, yeah, I've got nine and three. I think overall, it's a it's definitely a disappointing season, right? Because it seems like things were lining up for you know, we got off to that great start, um, especially that Baylor win was huge. <laughs> And then Oregon, we were like, alright, we just beat Baylor, we could beat Oregon, we could not be Oregon. That's not true. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> and then we kind of struggled ever since then, and it finally ended with a Notre Dame loss and a sour taste in all of our mouths that has kind of been building up for the last few weeks, I feel like. Now the season's not over, it's only halfway over, there's still a lot of fun games on the schedule, I think, so I'm still gonna you know root for the team, but definitely not a New Year's 6 team. No. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll finish the season rigged, but yeah. It's been kind of a reality check for me. I, I agree, Daniel. I think Tyler Algier last year
4: covered way more sins than we are willing to admit. Mm. Um, the, these are my thoughts. I think the ceiling is still 10-2 and two because mm-hmm. I, I have faith in our players. It, yeah. It's the scheme, really, that gives me the most hesitancy. I just, I now I'm not saying that we will go 10 and 2. Do it realistically. I'm hoping for 8 and 4. I think 7 and 5 is where my mind goes at first. (laughs) Losses to Arkansas, Liberty, Boise State, and Stanford. That would be so bad. (laughs) But I think we still have a ceiling of 10 and 2. I think it's absolutely possible. And I think if you do go 10 and 2, you could probably end up ranked like 25th, maybe 20th. I don't know. Depending on what goes on, yeah, probably higher than that. If we win out, yeah, but we get much higher than that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, am excited to see what the CFP thinks of us, right?
1: Yeah, that's true.
4: That's true. uh, To be fair, like we didn't deserve to be ranked when we played Notre Dame based on the way we played the last two weeks. So I'll be excited to see what they think of us, especially if we can beat Arkansas and Liberty. Um, I do think that the season is over, as far as any unusual hopes for a above average season is concerned we're still going to go to a flash and pan.com bowl um we're going to play a conference usa team or a sunbelt team and probably lose um we could win but i just i think at this point we're playing for pride that's that's really what we're playing for is to prove that we are more than we have shown in the first
0: six games of the season that's Mm. that's that's that, that, that those are my thoughts We've had this conversation over and over again, but why the heck can we not keep our team healthy? That is a whole another can of worms, Justin. <laughs> last year, it was our defense that got hurt, and our offense was able to cover the holes because we had Hall, we had Algier, we had you know, uh, also Jansen injured we had Puka. last year as well. Sorry, what? Jaren? Yeah, Jaren. Jaren was also injured, yeah. So yeah. Not, yeah. injured at some point. This year, it's our entire offense. Our line is <laughs> and relatively half fine, the defense too. but literally. Sixty percent of the wide receivers on our roster that wear pads to games have True. been hurt at some point in the season. So no, I absolutely agree. Uh, there's no hope to New Year Six. Being independent, it's so hard to keep like motivation playing down the stretch. But we are playing for recruiting rankings, for consecutive ten win season Twitter posts, and for <laughs> for pride.
1: <clears throat> yeah, uh, uh, we've talked about it before, probably every season. That's just the product of being independent and having no conference championship to play for and no, no bowl tie-ins because mm. of your conference. We're just kind of at this point it's either New Year's 6 mediocre bowl or no bowl at all. <laughs> at this point we're playing for a mediocre bowl and you know all those sort of intangible things Justin was mentioning. Which does make me happy that we're going to the Big 12. Yes. At least we have that greatness. <laughs> At least we have that to look forward to. Uh,
4: what two things: one, on Saturday night, I had a dream, okay. and this was real, okay. in which a man who I thought was Lavelle Edwards going back in the morning, it did not look like Lavelle Edwards, but in my dream no. he was Lavelle Edwards. Okay, <laughs> so he had been reincarnated, I think. Okay, um, he appeared to me and said, "Your season expectations for the next for the coming years in BYU football should be to make a bu- make a bowl game." and win a bowl game and so I took that as a sign that my newfound expectations for BYU should be to make a bowl game and win a bowl game so at this point that's all I'm looking for
0: I want to win two more games and then I want to win the bowl game first few years in the Big 12 honestly I think that's, gonna have, that's how it's going to be especially yeah. because you know Jaron's going to go to the draft Conover apparently we don't trust him to play in any situation whatsoever because we <laughs> never put him in when you no, know everyone's struggling you know, you think if Jaron Holland has a shoulder or something, maybe you put Conover in for a game or two to let him heal. Apparently not. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. I th- Can I just ask real quick? Yes. Yeah,
1: of, course. Course. of course. Of course. The last season, we made a bowl game. We yeah, did. We did We did not win the bowl game. That, that is also correct. true. For that, we made a bowl game. Yes. 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 Did we win that bowl game? No. We did not.
4: Well, we just- if, if you count the COVID year, yes, we did. But 2019, last real season, yeah. we did not win.
1: And the last few years we've had playoff aspirations. We end up crashing <laughs> making a mediocre bowl and not even winning it. <laughs> yep. I think we should be learning our lesson from <laughs> the last several years. And it's nice to be excited about you know New Year's Six hopes, but we haven't even come close really. <laughs> no. Unfortunately, Daniel, you are correct. Yeah. Oh, correct. But the Big Twelve will help us do that.
4: Yes. And on There's the same- always hope. On the same vein, I will something that Dan said triggered a thought in my mind. Okay. He said there are still a lot of fun games on the schedule. Mm-hmm. I I would add that there are more fun games on the schedule now given BYU's performance. That's true. They're it a lot more. I think uh, if you take the Utah Tech game out, I think BYU will have the possibility of winning or losing every single other game on the <laughs> schedule. Right? Arkansas at home at Liberty, East Carolina Friday night, at Boise and at Stanford. I think we could win or lose each of those. Do I think we'll win all or lose all? No. I think we'll probably win at least 3 of them. There's no clear blowouts besides it, Utah Tech. Exactly. Exactly. So, I am very excited for these last couple of games. We just need to look at them in the in the
0: lens of win good, loss bad. That's that's all, right? I say let's move on to, from this topic before I throw myself out of your window, Jared. <laughs> yeah, can I just close by saying it's kind of nice to be at this point
1: because we don't have to worry about a loss, you know, ruining our season. Yeah, it's already happened. Now we can just have fun each week, enjoy the games, and be entertained. Yeah. I th- I think you're right, Dan. I think That's it's very point. it's very freeing,
4: right? Yeah. It yeah. feels like a burden is off of our shoulders. Exactly. We don't have to worry about the CFP committee get, just being biased against BYU. Mm. We're we're free. We're free. <laughs> Dan, your philosophy we've, we've we're free. Um. The mighty have fallen. Take, <laughs> take me to the barn up Okay. Um <laughs> let's move on to our college football week 6 recap. It's about time, I would say. It's, yeah. about, it's about time. time. It's about time. And uh, the first thing we always do when we talk about college football, what is it? Bum. 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 Bum.
2: Wow! Wow! Weep! Boo! Wow!
4: Ooh!
2: We start off. The fastest. The <laughs> we start off at the birthplace of college football, where
4: Buckers gave live birth in the first half, but laid a goose egg in the second. Both Butler's QBs went 6 of 15, en route to outpassing Nabarska's head Casey Thwompson by one yard. In a game that featured more penalties and turnovers than actual points, the sweet Rutgers black uniforms weren't enough to overcome the true black shirts who had Scott Frost turning in his grave as they won their first one-score game this century, 14 to 13.
3: We head to the Bayou of Louisiana, where a man with a fake accent, much like the ones we use on this segment, but faced off against some angry fruit. Those oranges. Tennessee donned its Mormon Helping Hands shirts and volunteered its way down the field on four separate occasions and kicked the ball through the uprights on several more. Imagine Take notes, BYU kickers. <laughs> Brian Kelly looked more lost than Antonio Brown's shorts at a public pool Ooh. as he led his team to a horrific 14-13 home loss. Yikes.
2: Next, we head to David Booth, Kansas Memorial Stadium in beautiful Lawrence, Kansas. Where was the... <coughs> Excuse me. Where was the battle of unbeatens in the Big 12? The Horned Frogs that are Texas Christians... Got off to a hot start on the log flume. But then both teams got caught in a whirlpool. Causing punt after turnover on downs after punt in an endless cycle. In the third quarter, things heated up like a south campus jacuzzi after dark. (laughs) As each team scored 21 points. However, when the time came for Kansas to make their move, TCU firmly rejected them. Sending them home with 38-31 loss. That was a good one, Boom. Remember the Alamo Dome?
4: In a rematch of yesteryear's Conference United States of America Championship game, the Red Blues of Directional Kentucky took on the
3: Roadrunners.
4: Mater's friend Frank.
2: That's Frank. Harris
4: threw for a totally, and ran for another, offsetting Waku's Austin Reed pipes, who had himself a day throwing for 373 yards and two totallys. In the end, the Beep Beeps pulled out another thrilling win. 31-28. to 28.
0: Yeah, right. we had to sunny Los Angeles, California, where the UCI fan base, or lack thereof, <laughs> was busy surfing the gnar at Huntington. While the local university played a football game against some scripts, you know. BYU fans watched and cheered as DTR slashed up Kyle's defense like a hot knife through Ute Butter. Cam had to change his last name to falling down the draft boards, yo, and he threw zero touchdowns the whole game. Not gnarly, man. Compared to DTR's four, the teenage bears ate up the scroots like a picnic basket. Winning 42 to 32. In a hilarious turn of fate,
2: this was the only Big 12 matchup that did not involve a ranked team. (laughs) Thankfully, it won't be a Big 12 matchup much longer as we had Texas facing Oklahoma. Quinn Ewers was back like his 70s haircut. (laughs) And he made the Sooners look like a pair of bell-bottom pants. Ewers and Brian Robinson disco dance into the sunset powering the Longhorns to a resounding 49-0 bushwhacking, <gasps> making Oklahoma all in 3 in Big 12 play, and prompting some Longhorn supporters to say, We're, we're back! back. <laughs> we head to one of my favorite places on Earth, hell, Arizona, where the Sun Devils pitchforked the Huskies to death
4: like a medieval mob confronting a werewolf in the 1400s. Washington came into the game ranked 21st, and got nothing but a 21 fart gun salute in return Ooh. as Michael Penn 15, Jr. 311 yards weren't enough to outduel the Grand Canyon State's Trenton Bourgeois?
3: Ooh. Yeah, I don't know. Anywho, Sparky spits on Harry, 45 to 38. We head to the only conference where teams can be in the bottom 10 of all of college football and still be conference championship <laughs> contenders, the ACC where a pack of federal dogs was taking on the politically incorrects of the state of Florida. In the Conference of Quarterbacks, we saw Jordan Travis complete 50% of his passes and two interceptions. And Devin, quote, the best QB on the ACC according to Big Game Boomer, and quote, Leary, complete 48% of his passes and one interception. If that ain't the Conference of Quarterbacks, I don't know what is. NC State ends up winning this absolutely, this absolutely unwatchable war crime of a football game. 19 That's 17. Yeesh.
2: Next, we have another eyesore of a matchup. <laughs> if you thought this game was entertaining, your eyes would be lying, as they're fighting a lion eye and the Hawkeyes face off. Ooh. <laughs> you would not have missed a single thing in this game if you were legally blind, <laughs> as not a single totally was scored. Yikes. In the end, Illinois's backup kicker saved the day for the fighting a lion eye <laughs> in a 9 to 6 victory. Shooting Illinois into the top 25. <gasps> wow. 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 We head to
4: Lexington, where the nation got deprived of seeing the number one pick. As Billiam Levi's was out with a foot. No, oh, he's got a foot. Huh? Our old friend and Randall Boggs assistant, Spencer Ratatat Tatler, made a spectacular appearance, throwing for 177 yards, a tunneling, and a pick.
3: Wow. wow. So spectacular. The cock games
2: played worse than the- What team? Wildcats! Cats. But somehow still came out with the 24-14 dub over what is possibly the country's most overrated program. Yes. Yes.
3: We now head the academic decathlon, held by nerds in a football helmet, where the Dookies faced off against the alpha nerd yellow jackets of a technical Georgia school. Duke was riding higher than that one dude in the pizza van driving around in Stranger Things, until it all came horribly crashing down, as the Georgia Tech Alpha nerds stuck their little stingers into the van's wheels, causing an implosion to occur on live television. The Yellow Jackets won the We Want To Be In Ivy League So Bad But They Still Haven't Invited Us Crown, beating the Blue Devils 23-20 to in overtime.
2: Next we hit the Boone Pickens Stadium in Stillwater, Oklahoma. What a name. The Red Raiders attempted to steal some livestock from these Cowboys and ended up outpassing and outrushing the home team. But the home side did just enough to preserve their top 10 ranking and the Big 12 playoffs hopes, corralling Texas Tech when it mattered most in a 41 31 victory.
4: Up in the officially annexed Providence of Arkansas, The Cows played host to the Falcons of our nation's Air Force. Copper Legolas threw only one pick all game, a 500% improvement over injured Ogden Boner, as Utah State outgained and outplayed the dogfighting Lightning Bolts en route to an astounding 34-27 upset victory. Boom, Utah may not be a state, but it might just be a service academy. Oh, good distinction, boom.
3: We head to Tuscaloosa! <laughs> Where that guy with the license plate that says ass WHOOPING was watching his beloved elephant wave hybrid thingy, I'm not really sure what they are, struggle against some agriculturals. The Aggies of Texas ATM took their diamond-studded cleats into Bryant Denny Stadium, but the Alabama defense stole their million dollar wallets right out of their jock strap on a last second goal line stand as Texas 8 and 4 ran the worst play known to humankind to try and win. It did not work out well for them. Yeah. Alabama wins, 24 to 20. Didn't see that one coming. Hmm. Finally, it's time for Pack x After Dark,
2: where we had Oregon State traveling to Stanford. Tanner McKee must have had some residual blessings from all those doors he knocked, as the Cardinal got off to a hot start in this one. However, the Beavers had other plans, and instead of politely knocking, they went... <laughs> and cut down the cardinal tree in a fourth quarter comeback securing the victory by the skin of their beaver buck teeth 28-27 to 27.
0: did you guys see that last touchdown? yeah that was wild absolutely asinine
4: that is why Pac-12 after dark is king and soon it will be big 12 after dark that will be king thank you for joining us for this <laughs> <laughs>
3: 15.
4: Uh, if you guys think mascots don't matter just Oregon State-Stanford Exactly.
3: <laughs> they matter. Beavers cut
4: down
0: trees. That's all they do. That's just speaking of the Stanford tree. Uh, who did they lose to last week? I forget who it was. Uh, Oregon. Yes. Oregon knocked over the little like tree stand that they had, and you know the duck kicked it over. And the Stanford tree official Twitter account tweeted that video and said, "Jokes on you. I'm into that." <laughs> oh my gosh. So, what shout out to the Stanford like? tree. Very savage. Very progressive in his views. I'm okay. um, oh, sorry. I apologize, Stanford, for, for gendering your tree. Yes.
4: <laughs> yes. Um, all right, let's move on to our college football roundup. Uh, last week we had a bunch of questions. Uh, yeah. It is time to answer those questions. We shall now open up the panel. First question. Is Kansas for real? What did we learn?
1: Probably not. Probably not? Okay. I mean, okay. They're better than they have been, but they're not They're not great. I guess it, it depends what you define as for real, right? Yes,
0: exactly. Are Will they make a bowl? Yes. I think so. What as, are they, five I and believe one? they can make a bowl. They can for win sure. another game. No, for sure. They're probably in an 14. Yeah. Okay. That's my guess. That'd I think. That would be great for Kansas. That would be spectacular. That's a step in the right direction, at the very least. Yeah. It's a leap in the right direction. Uh, I would say that they
4: are for real, but my for real is very different than, than uh, your guys' might be. My for real is, are they going bowling? Uh, have are, Can they compete? Are they competitive in Big 12 games? And we saw that on Saturday. They, they, they are
0: officially competitive. Yes. They are officially competitive. Very much so. Uh, the worst team in the Big 10. Who is it? Uh, Rutgers, unfortunately. Uh,
1: some things uh, never never change. Yep. Taylor's oldest time. Birthplace uh, of college football and the death place of college football. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's the true Rutgers. Uh, will Alabama be vulnerable without Bryce Young? It seems so. Their defense is still elite, but anybody that can competently score points. <clears throat> Tennessee, Tennessee at Tennessee. Looking at you. Might put Alabama on skates. So do we have to worry about, or let's see, does Mark Stroud have to worry yes. about Alabama this week? Mark, you do have to worry about Alabama this
4: week. I think that might be a question. Uh, That's an that, emphatic yes. That that might be a question we have next episode. Yeah, stay tuned. Uh, how much do we need to worry about Arkansas?
0: <clears throat> Obviously, they lost Jury's to Mississippi out. State. They got blown out, but KJ Jefferson didn't play. Jury's out. KJ Jefferson is coming back this week, according to Vegas and the way the line has moved. So, uh, we we don't know. Yeah, we'll see. Their defense does suck, though, so that gives us a great opportunity to make them look good. Yes. Um, I will say yes, because it looks like we should beat them. Mm. So,
4: that is why I am worried. That's a big worry. (laughs) Who is the friskiest Big Ten sleeper, Purdue or
1: Maryland? Mm. Looks like Purdue, since they won this game on the road.
0: I do believe I said Illinois to this question last week.
1: So is Illinois, yes.
4: I mean, they'd, be, they they'd be Iowa 9-6. to six. Are they the friskiest Big Ten team? I think they might be. They will win the Big Ten list. I can see it. Are we due for a Purdue-Illinois finish? Illinois will win the Big Ten list. Okay. Dude, that's exciting. Purdue and Illinois, I don't think either of them have been to the Big Ten championship game in like since its conception. I feel like Purdue has, have they not? Uh, all I know is that they beat Ohio State one random year, but they definitely didn't go to the Big Ten Championship game. So, okay. <laughs> Anyway, I, those are two teams to watch. Uh, who's the biggest loser in the Big 12?
0: Mm. Oklahoma. They <laughs> suck. Yeah. Are Oklahoma. they the worst team in the Big 12? win three in the Big 12. <laughs> 49-0. Zero <clears throat> points. Zero points! Disgusting. I mean, Dylan Gabriel didn't play, but, but still, 49-0 to
4: is pretty bad. Zero points. Yeah, Oklahoma's bad. Oklahoma's bad. Lincoln Riley got out at the right time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Do you think he was just like, I can see where this program is going. I got to get out of here. Do we have to worry about Utah making the college football playoff? (laughs) (laughs) Nope. Nope. No way. Nope. Not at all. Here's my biggest worry. We match up with Utah in like the Gasparilla Bowl. Oh. And they beat us. That sucks.
1: Would you want to play Utah in a bowl this year? That's a good question, Daniel. Why not? Yeah, let's do it. Freak it. Why not? I would rather not play them than lose to them.
0: I agree with Daniel. But but
1: that doesn't mean we will automatically lose to them if we play them.
0: Honestly, I think we could beat them this year just because their line does not seem very good at all. Um... Jaron Hall will probably be, like... He'll probably not play in this game. He'll probably be, like, literal dust by the time (laughs) this game comes through. So we're going to put Blake Freeland at quarterback. Oh, nice. Dude, if you watched that Utah-UCLA
4: game, UCLA didn't need to throw the ball. Like, they could have run down Utah's throw all
0: game long. They literally pulled an A-rod. It was, like, fourth and three. They called a shallow crossing route, hoping to get yards after the catch. And Utah was unable to tackle him, and he ran down the sideline for a 65-yard touchdown. That
4: was a stupid play call, dude. I don't care what down it is or what time. You pump the ball, pooch pun it. You knee the ball, even right with a, with like 40 seconds left. What it was,
0: 30 seconds left. That was, the, I think it was like 30, 40 seconds left in the third quarter, if I'm not mistaken. No, the pick six is very, oh, the very end. Oh, is that what is you're talking Sorry. about? No, no, no. I'm talking about the little um, it was third quarter. Fourth and three, they called a shallow crossing route. Threw it to him. UCLA got like a 65-yard touchdown catch on it. Oh, because uh, I'm talking about the very last there, one where yeah.
4: Utah State or where uh, they were up by 18, and UCLA it was like fourth and four with 30 seconds left, and they threw the ball. Utah got a pick six and cut it to 10. Yeah, uh, that that's stupid. There's no you. There's no reason to do that. Um, but I'm glad the, that the Utes lost. Um, Question, did having
0: Utah lose make the BYU loss bearable? Because it happened before the loss, no. If it would have happened after, maybe. Okay. Yeah, I I mean, it it helped a little bit, but
1: yeah, I'm a BYU (laughs) fan. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I will say,
4: when we were getting drinks at the MGM Grand Sportsbook uh, after the game, we toasted to Utah. For making the day not a complete failure. Yes. So uh, that was good. Thank um you, Utah. Finally, what parting thoughts do we have about college football as a whole? This was a great football weekend. Yeah. We learned a lot, I feel like. I feel like we learned that there is a lot of parody in college football. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ohio State almost beat themselves for a couple of quarters. Yeah. Michigan State didn't show up at the game, but Ohio State almost beat themselves. Yeah. I, I, I say that because it was 7-7 at one point, right? Mm-hmm. CJ Stroud threw six touchdowns and over three hundred sixty yards. But and then Georgia was in a dogfight with Auburn until midway through the third quarter. Yeah. Like and they pulled away. I feel like there's just so much parody in college football this year. There's way more injuries to significant quarterbacks than in than in other years. I don't know. I feel like this is kind of the year where we might see a two thousand seven, two thousand eight kind of kind of parody where Oklahoma State and USF are gonna be three and four in the BCS rankings. I don't know. Something like that. I think it's going to be a little bit crazier than we expect.
1: Yeah, there's no clear number one, that's yeah. for sure. Um, it seems like the teams have kind of switched off in the top three at least. There's, there's a clear top three, I would say. Yes. But that, there's no clear favorite to win it all.
4: I agree. In the six weeks of the top 25, we have had a different combination of the top three every week.
0: Sick. That's fun. I love to hear that. <laughs> that's, a, you know, that's fun. My parting thought on this is that the national champion this year, I firmly believe, will not be an SEC school. Ooh. Okay. Ohio State? All I will say is they will not be an <laughs> SEC school.
4: Okay. I would freaking love that. Mark Stroud may not. As long as it's not Clemson. Oh, true. I would love that. True.
0: No, it's not going to be Clemson. Can we
4: count Clemson as an SEC Clemson school? Does it's not, it's not to
0: going to be SEC or ACC. Okay. <laughs> It'll come. From the Big Twelve, the Big Ten. Or frankly, with the way that everyone's defense sucks this year, maybe even the pack. Could be USC.
1: Okay. UCLA, USC, Oregon.
4: Imagine Oregon coming back, making the playoff, playing Georgia again. <laughs> oh. And then they lose forty-nine to three again. <laughs> again. <laughs> yes. I don't know. I'm excited. I think this week is gonna be a great week of college football. There's not a ton of Exploding like explodingly good matchups, but the
0: matchups we do have are very good and very yeah. important. Um, and we'll hit them more next on, yes. you know, on Thursday's episode. Make sure you're looking forward to that. Make sure you're joining us on Thursday for the preview of the Arkansas game and a preview of Week Seven of college football. Yeah. Uh, my last parting thought: I love college
4: football. Week Six is over. We're going on to Week Seven. Mm. Things are really starting to heat up in the playoff and New Year's Six race. Unfortunately, BYU is a part of neither of them. Nope. Uh, but there are still teams we can cheer for and against. I just I love college football. Every Saturday, I get up in the morning, watch game day, and then I watch the ten a.m. games, watch the 1.30 games, go to the BYU game, watch the night games. Like, it's it's the
1: greatest. I love college football. Yeah. too. And plus, fall is great. I mean, the weather's good, the mountains are beautiful. Oh, enjoy your lives. Enjoy your lives. Enjoy this beautiful fall. I love that, Daniel. And that should—that's gonna
4: be the title of the episode. <laughs> Enjoy your lives. Enjoy, Enjoy your lives. lives. Cause you
0: uh, want to watch BYU football? I'm you just you, you better watch every single game. I don't care if we're 0 and 12. Watch it. It's called being a fan, by the way. Yeah. yeah. Don't be bandwagon fair weather bullcrap yeah. fans.
4: Uh, we love you. We love you all. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> join, it, join us on Thursday. I don't know. Yeah. Thank
0: you. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for joining us for this episode of the Royal Strong and True Podcast. If you enjoyed it, please leave a five-star on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, whatever platform you are listening to this on. Make sure you download the episode, share it with your friends. Make sure you follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Pod as well, where you will find a lot of fun and interactive content. Without further ado, goodbye, everyone. We love you. We'll see you on Thursday. Thank you. Goodbye now. I guess Friday. Friday. Bye. Friday. Yeah, we said Thursday a lot, but it's like. Actually- <laughs> we'll, we'll record on
4: Thursday. See ya.